Greetings, everyone. My name is Jane DeYoung. Most of you know me. I think feel like I know most of you, too. Um, it's just good to be together. And, um, you know, as part of our beloved, as part of being a beloved community of God's people, uh, it's part of our purpose is to come together and to share in God's presence our joys and our sorrows. And um, for the past year and a half, it's been really hard to do that impossible in many cases. And so today we want to do our best to fill that empty place and to um, just be able to honor our loved ones and um, those who passed away during this time and by comforting one another in our grief. So it's just good. Welcome. I'm glad you're here. At the top of your program, you'll see a scripture on the inside top um, from Psalm 121, and I thought we could read that together. So please join me in just reading that short verse. I lift my eyes to the hills. From whence will my help come? My help comes from the Lord, who made heaven and earth. Let's join together in prayer now and invite our gracious Lord to help us through his Holy Spirit. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, you have given us the blessing of family, and we are so, so grateful. For it is in the family that you give us a glimpse of the fullness of who you are. So when one of these beloved ones passes away from this world to the next, we are devastated. Like the psalmist, we may look to the hills and wonder how we will get through this. But soon we become aware of you, our helper, the maker of heaven and earth. Would you fill this sanctuary now with your presence, your Holy Spirit, so that we each experience your power and your comfort, especially those who are still grieving a recent loss. We ask this in the name of our Lord, Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Let's all stand together as we sing these two um, wonderful hymns. I need thee every hour, most gracious Lord. No tender voice like thine can peace Verse 2 I need thee every hour Stay thou nearby Temptations lose their power When thou art nigh And I need thee, oh I need thee Every hour I need thee Oh, bless me now, my Savior I come to thee I need thee every hour Enjoy your pain Come quickly and abide all life is vain and i need thee oh i need thee 
every hour I need Thee. Oh, bless me now, my Savior, I come to Thee. And I need Thee, oh, I need Thee. Every hour I need Thee. Oh, bless me now, my Savior, I come to so sweet to trust in Jesus just to take him at his word just to rest upon his promise just to know the saith of Jesus Jesus how I trust him how I prove him o'er and o'er. Jesus, Jesus, precious Jesus, oh, for grace to trust Him more. I'm so glad I learned to trust Him, precious Jesus, Savior, friend, and I know that thou art with me will be with me too oh jesus jesus how i trust him how i've proved him o'er and o'er jesus jesus precious jesus oh for grace to trust him more. Say now, Jesus, Jesus, how I trust him, how I've proved him more and more. Jesus, Jesus, precious Jesus, oh, for grace to trust him more. Ah. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. Nothing like those old hymns. <laughs> they really touch the heart. We are, um, as we remember those who have passed on, it's really vital that we simultaneously remember the victory that um, was won for us by our Lord Jesus. And as, as we do so, I would like to, we're going to have a liturgy of the resurrection. And um, I'm asking you to read aloud the parts indicated for the congregation on the um, screen, and I'll read the part that says Jane, or worship leader. <laughs> and we won't be reading the verse and chapter verse in parentheses. All right. We have gathered here to worship God and bear witness to the resurrection as we celebrate the lives of our loved ones. We come together in our grief, acknowledging our human loss. May God grant us grace that in pain we may find comfort, in sorrow, hope, and in death, resurrection. Amen. And at the last he 
he will stand upon the earth. Our help is in the name of the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Jesus said, I am the resurrection and the life. Those who believe in me, even though they die, will live. And everyone who lives and believes in me will never die. We know, we know that, that if the, the earthly tent we live in is destroyed, we have a building from God, a house not made with hands, eternal in the heavens. Thank you. tell Jesus all of my trials I cannot bear these burdens alone in my distress he kindly will help me he ever loves and cares for his own and I must tell Jesus I must tell Jesus, I cannot bear my burdens alone. I must tell Jesus, I must tell Jesus, Jesus can help me, Jesus alone. I must tell Jesus all of my troubles. He is a kind, compassionate friend. I must tell Jesus, him, he will deliver. Make of my troubles quickly and end. And I must tell Jesus, I must tell Jesus, I cannot bear my burdens alone I must tell Jesus I must tell Jesus Jesus can help me Jesus alone I must tell Jesus I must tell Jesus I cannot bear my burdens alone and I must tell Jesus, I must tell Jesus, and Jesus can help me, Jesus alone. You know this one, come on. Great is thy faithfulness, O God my Father. There is no shadow of turning with thee. Thou changest not thy compassions, they fail not. As thou hast been, thou forever will be. And great is thy faithfulness. Great is 
thy faithfulness morning by morning new mercies i see all i have needed thy hands have provided great is thy faithfulness lord unto me pardon for sin and a peace that endureth thine own dear presence to cheer and to guide strength for today and bright hope for tomorrow blessings all mine with ten thousand bees great is thy faithfulness great is thy faithfulness great is great is thy faithfulness morning by morning new mercies i see all i have needed thy hand hath provided Great is thy faithfulness, Lord, unto thee. Great is thy faithfulness, great is thy faithfulness, great is thy faithfulness. Morning by morning, new mercies I see. All I have needed, I Great is thy faithfulness, great is thy faithfulness, great is thy faithfulness, Lord unto me. Amen. So as you see in your program, we're going to be remembering those that we've lost in two separate segments. And I just want to take a moment to express our gratitude to those who have um, decided to share something today, whether I read it for them or whether they read it themselves. We'll be putting a picture of um, their loved one up on the screen while they talk. And um, so this will be sharing from the heart. And I'm just um, grateful for that. So first is Lolly Van Gemeren. And um, I think Jane Rutledge is going to read for her. And we should be getting a picture of Ari. There he is. Hi. Um, yes, I'm reading for my dear friend Lolly Van Gemeren, who's over there. And she lost her husband, Ari, in December. Um, Ari was a devoted family man, a physician, and a friend. He had a passion for tennis, both playing and watching. His family history was rich, being the son of a Dutch mining engineer and a German mother who fled the Holocaust as a teenager. He was born and raised in Bolivia and immigrated to the U.S. at 18 years of age. His journey to become a cardiologist and patriarch to our family is an inspiration to all of our children, grandchildren, and extended family. 
We especially enjoyed his sense of humor when it came to language mishaps, <laughs> as English was his fourth language. Um, we are all so blessed to have had him in our lives, never to be forgotten and living on in our grandchildren. And um, Lolly also um, would like to acknowledge her sisters in Christ at the well. She said they were a constant source of support and prayers and love through this very difficult time. She was able to feel the comfort of the Holy Spirit through each of them. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Lolly, for that sharing. Appreciate it. The next um, person I'm going to read for is the Kwok family, David and Lily lost their son, Jim, and that was a profound loss. So this is their tribute to their son. We deeply love and dearly miss our son, Jim Kwok. Our son showed us through his words and actions how to live one's life to the fullest, even in the face of pain and suffering. He considered his cancer, quote, the best gift of his life as it pushed him to live his life with deep intentionality and to enjoy the beauty of life's every moment. Through his outsized positivity, courage, compassion, and composure, he truly modeled for us how to live fully without an ounce of regret or self-pity. Jim inspired everyone who met him, and his journey touched us all. He would often say, I don't fear death. I fear not living right. Thank you, David and Lily, for that sharing. Appreciate it. And Pat, did you want, to sh want me to read your sharing? Okay. <laughs> You're welcome. Pat Lawson is up in our sound booth up there, and um, he's asked me to read what he's written about his mom, Juanita Jean Lawson affectionately called Dee Dee by many, but he called her often Mama San. So he addressed this to Mama San. Here I sit on vigil, awaiting your last breath. You had a rich, full life, all 96 plus years. I reflect on your life and how you lived it. A strong, independent woman that had a certain presence, respect, and responsibility, how you held true to yourself, your ideals, and a respect for all. I don't recall any anger directed toward another, well, except perhaps dad. <laughs> Those Lawson boys, <laughs> we do deserve it sometimes. But love, always love, endures. I've always been a mother's boy, how I love her. Yet at this moment, I'm proud to be her baby boy. I think hard on the conversations we had these last many years. Many were reliving things from the past as we remembered them. Yet even now, they seem distant. Will I remember them next year, after that? What I am confident of is that your love and our love will endure. The last time we talked, you didn't want me to worry about you, but just do what I needed to do. I never realized how strong that sense of duty was in us until now. Don't worry about me, she said. Then she recalled my nickname she has said many times over my life from a baby. I'll always be her, quote, 
Patrick Aloysius Bagora Tricky Ricky Lawson. <laughs> Thank you, Patrick. And I had the pleasure of meeting his mom several times, a delightful, delightful woman. Um, David Bilyeu. To um, say for uh, my mom, um, 19, um, okay, my mom, uh, my mother, yeah, never mind, okay, I was spoken a long time with the mask. Okay. In 1924, my mother, uh, Arthur Bilyeu Thompson, was born in Ferndale, California, to my Swedish immigrant grandparents. And by the way, um, my mom was t one of 23 first cousins, in Swedish cousins, and one is remaining. It goes to the uh, church up in Bayside. Bayside. She's 104. Uh, anyway, she married my dad during World War II and moved to the Bay Area where, where she lived until her death last February. She was a devoted follower of Jesus and used her gifts of hospitality and generosity with family and friends right up to the in, until she passed away. She was singing hymns on the pastor's ukulele like the night before she died. She so sharp. My mom's love of music inspired us all. She played the piano so, I mean, all the time. I was always had her, like, the piano at midnight playing the 12th Street Rag at home. I think so. Yeah, just throwing that in. Anyway, so anyway, uh, my mom... My mom's love of music inspired all of us, like I said, with a piano with the senior band until, her pan until the pandemic canceled her gigs. I miss her so much, but I know she is with Jesus, maybe playing the piano in, in the angel band. And the other thing I was going to say, if you get up to heaven in these days and there's a long line of people waiting to give your rewards to Jesus, just go up there. Yep, that's Mrs. Billu Thompson, my, uh, David's mom, because she's had so many rewards. Thank you. Thank you. That can, let's see. No, um, is Anne Marie Wickstrom here? I didn't see Anne Marie on the way in, but we want to remember her mom. Um, Anne Marie said she was going to try and be here, but she thought she probably couldn't. So this is Anne Marie Wickstrom's mother, Anne Kent. And um, I'm going to read what Anne Marie wrote about her. My mother, Anne Kent, passed away in August of 2020 at the age of 83. My three brothers and I started taking care of her fully in 1992 due to her mental illness. So it is this feeling of sadness, but also relief that her long-term suffering is over. She entered hospice 16 months ago after many years of living in various care facilities. Mom has been on a very long road to get to this point of her journey, but not all of it has been sad. She was a very positive person who had a great career as a realtor that she began when I was in elementary school. Mom loved to play tennis and stay active. She was very caring, sweet, and funny. And Anne-Marie mentioned to me that she's so glad that the stigma of mental illness has been lifted in so many regards and because um, it was uh, very difficult for her mom during those many years. But um, she feels like things have gotten better. 
All right, so that concludes our first segment. Why should I feel discouraged? Why should the shadows come? Why should my heart be lonely and long for heaven and home? When Jesus is my portion, my constant friend is He. His eyes on the sparrow and I know he watches me his eyes on the sparrow and I know Jesus watches me and I sing because I'm happy and I sing because I'm free for his eyes on the sparrow and I know he watches let not your heart be troubled his tender words I hear and resting on his goodness I lose my doubt and fear though by the path he leadeth but one step I may see his eyes on the sparrow and I know he watches me his eyes on the sparrow and I know he watches me and I sing because I'm happy and I sing because I'm free for his eyes on Sparrow, and, and I know he watches, watches me, and I sing because I'm happy, and I sing because I'm free. For his eyes on the sparrow, and I know he watches me. In our next um, group of remembrances, Keith Lenz and his mother, Lois Lenz, are here to remember Lois's daughter, Phyllis, sister of Keith. And I am happy to read what you wrote, if you would like me to, or would you like to say a word or two? I know, I scared everybody into thinking. <laughs> Why don't you come up and get, add a little bit more to what... Um, to what we had here. So what I wrote 
what I wrote was, um, Phyllis loved Jesus and her family. She shone light wherever she went and loved to share encouragement and God's grace to everyone. And that's true. But as I'm sitting here, all of a sudden it flooded back because we'd been members of this church um, for a long, long time. And she was really, really active in the youth choir that we had. There was like 35 young people that were in the youth choir. And um, she really... She really helped my faith at a time when it was really, really low. And um, I really miss her a lot. But she was really, Brad knew her, and Randy Fishbag, and Barb Applegate. I see so many people that were part of the youth group back then. And she was such firecracker for God. And um, I even got her a Bible later. And it, was, it had so much yellow highlighter in it that I was proud to take it places because it, like <laughs> it looked like I really knew the Bible. Um, but, uh, but I really miss her a lot. And she was such an encouragement and really gives me a lot of hope for the future too. And if, God, you know, if things happen like some of us, many of us have experienced, then it gives a lot of encouragement going forward. Thank you. Thank you. I see Lois giving that picture a long look. God bless you both. It's a hard loss. They're all hard. Sue Lancaster, would you like to come up and give us a few words about your mom? This is also the mother of Ellen Lancaster, whom many of us also know. Yeah. Hi. Um. So this was my mom, Betty Sue Tilly Lancaster, and she was the mother of Ellen and of us, my brother and my other brother, Bob, and me. And uh, she lived a long life, 93 and a half years. She passed on to her heavenly home on June 11th. I said it, I was also brief. Um, so she valued her faith and she served our Lord very enthusiastically over her whole life. She valued her family and was a loving and devoted daughter, wife, mother, aunt, and grandmother. Um, she valued education and uh, she was a, both a high school French teacher for 35 years and um, also taught adult um, Sunday school teacher for many, many years at her church. She treasured God's creation and loved to visit gardens and grow flowers, especially roses, as you can see, and always celebrated the beauty of the Four Seasons. Thank you, Sue. Such lovely remembrances. Now I'm going to um, read the remembrance of Hal Rutledge. Hal, where are you? There you are. Okay. And Hal and Mary are here, and their son Brad. Um, daughter-in-law Jane, and they're remembering um, Hal's brother Dave, who was his twin brother. And so we've got some pictures here of Dave and Hal. I don't know if we have more than one picture. I, I know you gave us a couple of them. There, I was waiting for that one to come up. <laughs> Are they twins or what? <laughs> so just enjoy those pictures for a moment. 
And Hal wrote this, in remembrance of my brother, Dave Rutledge. My twin brother, Dave Rutledge, born on December 7, 1923, passed away on September 4, 2020. He was my best friend, and he was always sweet and loving to me and kind to everyone. We grew up in Berkeley, attended the University of California, and entered the Navy together. Dave was a person I could always count on as we understood each other. I miss Dave very much, and my love for him deepens as time passes. His loving brother, Hal Rutledge. Would you go back to that first picture so we can see the two of them and how much there they're they are? That's a great, great shot. Thank you, Hal. Thank you so much. Um, I'm Mary Lou Helix has um, lost her husband, Dan. And I don't see, she, Mary Lou also was having car trouble today, so um, I don't see her here. But um, she wrote a few things, a few words about Dan. There's so much that Dan accomplished in his life, but she um, focused on what she, um, what was special to her about him. Dan and I had 68 years together as man and wife. I loved his commitment to me and to others. One of his love languages was giving. Along with his generosity, he was a romantic that did little and big things for me, special cards, special surprises to show his love for me. Family was foremost in his daily living. He deeply cared for all of us. Part of my heart is missing. Thank you, Mary Lou. Good. And Alan Shotwell, where is Alan? Here he comes, good. He's gonna give a remembrance of his dad, Willis, who many of us knew. Hello. Um, Dr. Willis A. Shotwell was born in August of 1920 and passed away on April 24th, 2020. He loved the Lord and served him as a pastor, a teacher, Sunday school teacher for, gosh, I can't even count how many years, over 50 easily. U.S. Navy chaplain, professor of New Testament and Greek, and Greek at Berkeley Baptist Divinity School, and the most compassionate dean of students at UC Berkeley during the war years. He fought just as hard to get students back into the university after they had served their, <clears throat> their um, exclusion from the, from the campus uh, just as hard as he fought to get them kicked out. So, and uh, many of them came back to see him to get back into school because uh, he told them, I'll get you back in. All you got to do is come see me. So that's the kind of guy he was. Dad was eternally, excuse me, I'm having a little hard time reading this. Dad was eternally in love with Betty Shotwell for their 74 years of marriage. He finally surprised her on her 82nd birthday with a brand new uh, little Mazda Miata, red, and you've probably all seen her drive it. And now Marie drives it. Yeah, she had, she had the scarf on always because the hair had to be perfect. 
That was the only time he ever he ever actually surprised her for a with a birthday present. But he just loved her dearly. Dad would do anything for his boys, his granddaughters, and his great-granddaughters, whom he loved with all his heart. Dad left us with a strong legacy of solid, historically and contextually based biblical teaching. One would believe that that would happen with a guy like him. He particularly loved the writings of the Apostle Paul. When asked about any particular passage from the New Testament, he would always say, well, let's look at the Greek and see what it says. You may remember him from some of the dramas here at Hillside uh, and his uh, beautiful, strong, baritone voice. He loved to sing. His favorite thing for the last few years was singing with Jack Martins. Many of you know him, too, at the, um, at the home where Dad lived. Um, yeah, we all miss him so much. Thank you. Now your program says Diana Strong is going to share next, but she is handing the mic to her son Everard to share about Diana's husband Don, Everard's dad. Hi everyone. Um, if you have met me, my dad used to introduce me as his, his little boy, Everard. Um, so uh, I have had the pleasure of meeting many of you. Uh, I'm not a official member of this church, but I do feel like I'm an adopted member. And I'm probably going to go off script here, Jane, I'm sorry, but I did have something planned for my dad, but I just want to take this time. I'm going to break down, sorry, but um, I think I would, it would be remiss for me not to say thank you to all of you. Um, every Tuesday, there'd be a gathering at my dad's assisted living, and uh, a lot of us would be on one side of the window, he would be on the other. And it would be time of music and fellowship and ministry. And uh, it just meant so much to my family and my mom and everybody. And I know people who weren't there were also praying and, and offering us her support. So uh, I just want to say thank you. And, and the ministry you guys do here is amazing. And uh, I know my dad was blessed, even though the circumstances weren't the best. He, he, he went out knowing that he was loved and he went out in fellowship and ministry and, and music that he loved. So, so thank you so very much for that. Yeah, um, what wonderful people we have remembered here today. Just um, my heart is so full. And there are others that, um, and there may be people here who you know, didn't uh, submit a photo and uh, something to re say. Um, so I just want to open it up for just a moment to see, is there someone here who lost uh, a loved one who would like to just say a word? Pam? Okay. Pam Reynolds lost her brother, Bobby, this year. Thank you. Uh, this past year has been really tough on myself and my family. I lost my other brother last year, suddenly on uh, August the 19th, 1920, I mean 2020, and uh, four years or four days later I had a stroke. So I just praised the Lord that I was alive and I'm still here, and I got to go to my uh, brother's memorial we just had like two months ago, and uh, 
my aunt and uncle weren't able to come because of health issues because they're older. They're in their late 90s. But they sent their condolences to my uh, brother's only son, George. And I know that the Lord, through the church here at Hillside, even though they didn't know my brother, and they did know my uh, nephew, George, that I knew the Lord's Spirit was through, the Spirit was going through me in comfort, because this has been really hard. It's my only brother, and I truly do miss him. And uh, I know, the most thing I miss the most is about on Sunday nights, we would always talk, call each other, and have luck, catch up, and uh, and I always told him that God loved him, and I loved him, and I just don't, I don't know if my, only God knows if his spirit is with the Lord, but I just don't be, uh, his spirit is, and I just have to take faith that he is, thank you. Thank you, Pam. I wanted to give hugs to everybody, and I, it's, it's uh, maybe afterwards. Thank you so much. Anyone else? I don't want to miss someone. Yeah, here we go. Marie. Good. I'm glad you're here. Um, my mom, Yolanda Johnson, uh, died in April, no, July 5th. It was right after July 4th, and we're, we're all feeling really poorly that we weren't with her, because we were all with other family. But um, she had five kids. My lost, I lost my brother five years ago, and my mom just this past year. But some of you have known her just for the few times she's been visiting. And uh, she loved to sing. And we have lots of stories about my mom singing out of turn at weddings and places and not the most appropriate song. At my daughter's wedding, she wanted to sing God Bless America. And Jeffrey kindly told her he didn't think that was the right time to do that. So we just have a lot of good stories, and we were able to celebrate her life back east, so I feel like it was a done deal. But I, I do want to thank people here that recognized her death and sending cards to me and lifting me up. And I, I don't want to forget that she was gone this year, too. We lost Alan's dad, my mom, within a couple months, and another grandparent on my uh, in, on John's side, Lana's husband, lost his mom, or grandparent. So we lost three grandparents in a year. So it's been really hard on the grandkids and the great-grandkids, but it's a part of life, and we, we miss our loved ones. But she was 95, and she had a good life, and we thank her for that. Thank you. Thanks, everyone. This was beautiful. I'm gonna, we're going to have a song, and then Pastor Dan's going to have a word. All right, let's all stand together and sing, Oh, the Deep, Deep Love of Jesus. Underneath me, 
all around me is the current of thy love leading onward leading onward to thy glorious rest above oh deep, deep love of Jesus, spread His praise from shore to shore. How He loves us, ever loves us, changing never, never. Well, friends, it has been good to be together this afternoon. And like Pastor Jane said, to do what we would have preferred to do months ago, uh, remembering as a church family the dear people whom we lost over the last year and a half. And not only that, but considering together as a church family, as a community of people who belong to Jesus, what those losses mean in the light of the gospel. To look at those sorrows in the light of the good news, the news that we have bolted our lives upon, which as beneficiaries of God's grace, we are obligated to do. You know, it's times like this, ironically, that I am most grateful to be a Christian. To be someone who once lost has been swept up into God's loving triune self and God's family and God's plan to rescue and renew the whole world, a plan that has already been launched, one that is speeding ahead, and one which he will bring to completion. You see, friends, though free in Christ as Christians, there is one sense in which we are still captives. Did you know that? Still prisoners. We are captives to hope. We are at hope's mercy. And even in our saddest moments, even in our most wrenching experiences, you know what? We can't keep hope from creeping in. We can't best hope. We can't pin hope to the ground if we're Christians. If we're Christians, hope always gets the upper hand. Hope always comes out on top. And the water of hope floods the houses of our hearts. And ultimately, no sandbags of sadness can keep those waters out indefinitely. In his first letter to the Thessalonians, Paul addresses a question that those young believers 
had. What happens to people in Christ who've fallen asleep, who've died? And like we are today, those believers were sad. They were sad to have lost people who were dear to them, husbands and wives, mothers and fathers, uncles and aunts, grandfathers and grandmothers, sons and daughters. And in chapter 4, Paul offers a stunning answer to their question, one that in just a few broad brushstrokes paints an extraordinary picture of the future. And the future, Paul says, is for Jesus, the king who died and rose again to return, to descend from heaven with a cry of command to bring the dead in Christ up from the ground, and then to gather those of us still living to be with them and him forever and ever and ever. Paul says in verse 18, therefore, encourage one another with these words. Friends, our sure hope as Christians, as beloved sons and daughters of the creator God is that in the end, that God will turn each and every one of our heartaches inside out. Our hope is that in the end, when King Jesus slips through the thin curtain separating heaven and earth, he will reverse, he will undo, he will flip on its head every sorrow, every tragedy, transforming it into a joy and a crown. That's the iron anchor of our souls as those who belong to Jesus. And that's why, as Paul says, we grieve. Oh, yes, we do. Jesus cried when his friend Lazarus died. But you know what? We don't grieve as others do who have no hope. You know, there are some griefs that we experience, some griefs that some of you are experiencing right now that won't be fully healed until that great day that Paul talks about in 1 Thessalonians 4. On the other hand, nothing keeps God's healing, consoling, comforting power from streaming right into the present, from streaming right into this room, from streaming right into our hearts right now. And in the sermon Jesus gave at his hometown synagogue, Jesus declared himself to be the anointed servant of Isaiah 61. Well, one task of that anointed servant, according to the prophet Isaiah, is to bind up the brokenhearted. And there's really only one sensible response for people of faith like us to take when we hear that promise, and it's this, to ask for some of that broken heart binding to come into our lives right now. In the book of Proverbs, our good God says this to us, do not withhold good from those to whom it is due when it is in your power to do it. And we learn from this bit of wisdom teaching that God's desire is that God's people would deliver good without delay when it is in their power to give it. Well, God makes that command 
because that is what he himself does. God himself does not delay in doing good when the dispensing of that good serves his sovereign purposes. Well, friends, if God is one who does not delay in doing good, and some of that good God does through the Messiah is to bind up the brokenhearted, it stands to reason that if we go to God, Asking for comfort, comfort to reach the deepest places in our hearts, he will provide it. And yes, there will be ultimate comfort in the future, but that doesn't mean there's none to be had in the present, even right now. So let's close our time together by making that ask. Together as a family in faith, let's go to him now. We're with him and he's here. But let's by faith draw closer. And let's acknowledge that we're hurting, some of us even more than others, and ask that he would come to massage our hurting hearts right now. Let's do that. Let's pour our hearts before him in silence. And now let's ask him with the faith and the fervor of the persistent widow for a fresh filling of his comfort, his consolation, his heart healing mercy. And as I pray, pray along with me in silence. Pray to the God who loves you. Pray for the people around you and pray for yourself. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for this holy moment, this holy gathering of remembrance. I thank you for the years of friendship and partnership and koinonia you've given the people in this room, people who have been together here at Hillside for decades. We thank you that you are a tender God who, like the writer of Psalm 56 says, keeps count of our tossings and puts our tears in your bottle. We thank you that because of what you have accomplished in your Son and Spirit, we have ultimate hope. At the same time, we acknowledge that we are hurting. We're hurting from many losses, losses of many kinds, and most notably, losses of people who were precious to us. And therefore, we pray that in this moment, by your Spirit, whom inhabits us individually, who dwells among us corporately, that you would pour out your comfort right into every burning heart in this moment. And to give us the relief and the peace that only you can. And Lord, for those who are hurting the most, a lot the most comfort. 
And Father, use that comfort to spur us all on as your children. Those of us who still have life and breath, spur us on to faith and faithfulness till our day comes, or the day comes, the day of your Son, our King's return, when all will be well forever and ever. We pray in the name of Jesus. Amen. It's okay to acknowledge our pain and our grief, and it's also okay at the same time to say God is good, right? Those two, those two things can exist at the same time. Um, I love the psalmist because oftentimes he would complain and he would say, God, why aren't you showing up? But then at the end of the passage, he says, but I trust in you, <laughs> right? And so we're doing the same thing today. We're going to sing about the goodness of God. And I want to invite you to just stand with me and just acknowledge again that God is good. Uh, in spite of our pain, in spite of our heaviness, God is still good. Amen. I love you, Lord. Oh, your mercy never fails me. All my days I've been held in your hands. From the moment that I wake up until I lay my head, I will sing of the goodness of God. And all my life you have been faithful All my life you have been so, so good With every breath that I am able I will sing of the goodness of God I love your voice you have led me through the fire And in the darkest nights You are close like no other I've known you as a father I've known you as a friend I haven't lived in the goodness of God All my life Oh, all my life you have been faithful. All my life you have been so, so good. With every breath that I am able, I will sing of the goodness of God. Goodness is running after, it's running after me. Thank you, God. Your goodness is running after, it's running after me. With my life laid down, I surrender now. I give you everything. Your goodness is running after, it's running after me. All my life, keep me faithful. 
All my life you have been faithful. All my life you have been so, so good. With every breath that I am able, I will sing of the goodness of God. All my life, one more time. Say. All my life you have been faithful All my life you have been so, so good With every breath that I am able I will sing of the goodness of God I will sing of the goodness of God. Amen. Would you please be seated for just a few moments? Um, I wanted to point out on the back of your program is a list of um, longtime hillsiders who passed away during this 20-month um, period, and you'll recognize many of their names, I'm sure. But um, it's just... Uh, you know, it's hard. So this is a, these are people who have joined that great cloud of witnesses that surrounds us and encourages us in our journey. So thank you. There's a reception right out here immediately following the service. And um, right outside, um, if you go out that door, there's, there's a basket there with some wooden crosses in it. They're kind of wrapped in cellophane, which is annoying, but... Uh, they're beautiful little crosses, and <laughs> they are um, olive wood from the Holy Land. And, you know, if you've lost a loved one, and if you're grieving still, I hope you'll take one. There's, there's plenty of them, so feel free to do that. Um, so I hope you'll stay at the reception and just, you know, give a word of encouragement and maybe a hug to, to one of those who are, who are still grieving. I'm so glad you came. I want to thank especially those um, people who came who were not in the place of lo losing, but just came as a f um, to show support and love for your fellow um, church family. So thank you for that. I want to thank Daniel and the worship team for our beautiful music, our tech team up there who did our beautiful words, and our hospitality team who's waiting for you out there. So took a took a little village to, to do this today. Um, I also wanted to mention that the service has been um, videoed so that if the, you have family members who would like to see it, um, go on the website. Not In a day or two? Eventually, you'll be able to, to get a hold of it. You can call the church office. Like you said, it takes a village. It takes a village. <laughs> so now, as we go from this place today, both for those of you who mourn and those of you who comfort, take these words with you from Lamentations 3. This I call to mind, and therefore I have hope. The steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies never come to an end. They are new every morning. Go in peace, my friends. Thank you.